Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 55.1. Point one meaning we're talking all about Adelaide United, both the men's and the women's teams. Uh, I've got Tommy on the other end again. We're probably going to squeeze in a little bit of a Graham Arnold bash a little later, just as, just for the sake of it as well. We know we love to do it. Um, we'll start with talking about Adelaide's home games on the weekend, though. Um, what have you got for me, Tommy? What have you got? Uh, happy Pride Round. What a fucking brilliant display of equality and inclusion. And I'm so glad that we are, and you wanted to say this as well, so glad that we're the club that pioneered this uh, this event. Yeah. Um, I, if you read the social medias, you'll get a bit of a, uh, a shitty feeling about it from people who are just like, they just can't hide being unhappy about these things i don't know what there is to be unhappy about like honestly it's just like it's not about you it doesn't matter if you don't like it just just shut up and deal with it because this is about um like making other people feel more a part of the game than they did previously and i can tell you now if you're at the stadium you would have noticed um a very good vibe around the ground um, from a lot of people, even at the pregame, we were at RGK before the game. There was a great vibe and definitely a sense that this um, this pride round idea meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the banners were excellent. And did they hand out the the rainbow scars before the game? Uh, there was or people was that selling organized? them. Okay, there was people was selling them. Um, I ended up with one somehow. Don't remember paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember much of the night, actually. But um, well, you made uh, you made a grand return to the um, to the Red Army and had a, had a little drum. I heard. Yeah. Got, also, also the television the old, pictures uh, spoke. Got on the drum down the front. Um, made my return. Had a few people trying to convince me to uh, kick on with that for the rest of the season, and my price was like one scotch per game. And <laughs> someone oh, else said, someone said, like, you're not. Uh, Cooper from the Red Army, who we've been trying to get on here, but unable to so far, um, said that I'm not that easy, surely. So I was like, all right. And I said two scotches. I don't know where that came from either. It should be like 10. Um, well, we'll see how we go. We'll see what happens in future weeks. I distinctly remember also like memory unlocked. I had the megaphone at one point and was yelling into the wrong like part of it. So no one could hear me. Oh they could God. hear me, but they could just hear my normal voice and nothing coming out of the megaphone. And there we go. That was my weekend. I, I, had, I had a big one. So I don't remember heaps of the football, but I did watch replays. I've caught up on stuff. It's, it's, it's yeah. the best way to review a game, I think. You're in the proper position. You're in the front row again, the, uh, the old AUED. And you know, <laughs> my, I tell you what, my messages blew up when the camera panned to you on the drums. I swear to God. I don't know. Did the camera ever show me on the drama? Right? Yeah, it did. I don't know. I just remember like... Uh, I promise someone, you, I got like five messages. Someone from further up the terrace like filmed a video of it and I just I was like, oh my God. People have like... Since people have paused it and like zoomed in on my face and stuff, and I'm just like not even there, I don't think. No, you're physically there, but it's... I mean, it's probably a testament to your drumming ability that you were still able, yeah. to, still able like, to pump this out. It's like William uh, Leo DiCaprio in Shutter Island, but like after his lobotomy at the end, I was just standing there like 
I don't know. Not a lot going on inside the head. But another great night at High Marsh, which like, you know, when the football is not always good, you can still have a good time with mates getting on it. Uh, Drink responsibly. But should we talk about the actual game here or um, what? (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to. Um, uh, Just where do you begin? Goodwin's stutter step. Why? Why? Goodwin? Why? I know you listen to this podcast, bro. Why? Oh, man. It kills. It killed me inside because I, you know how much I love Craig Goodwin. And you know how much I hate stuttering penalties. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and he's done it twice now. Twice he's missed from a stutter like that. Like, just fuck me, man. Your placement is so good. Why don't you just run up and put the thing in the damn net? Don't worry about the goalkeeper because you're good enough to place it with enough power and precision that the goalkeeper won't matter. It won't matter. You can hit the side net from there. God, just do that. Precisely. Definitely a penalty though. So nothing to worry about there. Uh, we have had incidences against the Mariners yeah, yeah. where there were some not so given penalties, but no, that was definitely a pen. Um, and then, you know, they went ahead probably deservedly. I don't think we were that great, to be honest. Yeah. Um, typically came from Adelaide. A bit of a, I think it was, was it Lockie Barr with the initial dud, the initial, initial, initial dud clearance. Yeah, true. I believe. And um, I'm not hanging shit on him, but like it was no. defended poorly after that. Oh, no, it, it might have been Brooke. It was Brooke with the poor clearance, maybe. And then the ball comes down to Jason Cummings and Jacob Tratt is underneath it. And he just gets worked under it way too easily. It's a very good touch by Cummings, uh, Cummings, Cummings. And, uh, like a good assist for the goal, but Track can't be losing that in the air when he's in prime position that easily. Maybe. I might just give it to Cumdog. I think he is a very good striker. And, you know, you and I have lamented the fact that Adelaide can't go out and sign a striker like Cumdog. Um, yeah. I just, no, yeah. the touch is there. It just, he's, it's, he's a way better striker than Tratt's a defender. Having rewatched it, though, he's in the prime position underneath the ball and he is just quite simply not strong enough. Like He's just weak at it. He's just and not that, good. That to me is not good. That to me is like a that's a mental trait. Mm. That sort of strength was like a mental trait. <laughs> mental trait. Where you're under the ball and it's like, all right, I'm gonna hold my ground here. I know he's gonna try and ease me under it. Like yeah, I just thought he should have done better, but still a good goal. And Cololo, the Frenchman, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, good goal. Good on him. Yeah, what well on the Mariners and you know. Seemingly, as the Mariners have done in the last five weeks, where they've suffered, I think, three defeats and two draws, they've unraveled in the second half and definitely towards the end of games. They gave that to us in the end. Yeah, they, they turned to pieces. We got that the equalizer through Ibasuki. There goes my hero again. Um, Did you post it? We had, like, I didn't post it. This I was too, like, out of it to, like, I just couldn't, couldn't function. Forgot about it the next day. I forgot I had this golden meme in my phone of Ibasuki photoshopped onto Dave Grohl. I just, I might just start ripping it out for anything. But yeah, we had like, it seemed we had like so many chances with the ball in the box there. Oh, yeah. Mariners just couldn't clear it. And eventually it fell to Ibasuki. Bang, 1 1. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. His, um, I think his movement in the Thanks box was a great pun. His movement in the box was brilliant throughout the entire move because as the keeper goes to punch it before it reaches the outside of the box and comes back in he has already lost his defender and found a yard 
and he is he's reading the ball beyond anybody else in the box. And you can yeah from that replay you can see his instinct and his ability to strike, you know, in that position. He scored from that position earlier, his first goal of the season at Highmark Stadium. So this is something to watch for Ibasuki. And I think he's returning returning well for our investment. Yeah, I think so too. He's been good. His movement, like you said, excellent. His touch, his hold up play has been fairly good. Um I couldn't tell you heaps about how well he played the other night, but he kind of isolated. It, I would say, yeah, we've had we've had that a bit where he's looked pretty isolated. We haven't just we just haven't used him properly or gotten enough quality players in and around him to feed off those scraps when he make creates that contest with the defenders. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Good. I think moving forward, his uh, relationship now that Morg's gone, which we'll get onto in a second, but his relationship with Zakloff is going to be huge because Ibasuki has the ability to take two central defenders out of the game with one touch. And we've seen it happen before. And that is where you can get Kloff into areas between the back four and the midfield with space, the ability to bring the wingers into the game. Any midfield is bombing on beyond that. So I think from here in their relationship is going to be pivotal to us maintaining a top four position. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the winner? Do, uh, what did you think? Because I had a few people tell me it was just a little bit of a hit and hope, but I would like to believe more in his ability and his, you know, his footballing brain that he actually meant that. He meant to hit that ball with that hard across the keeper into the top net. Yeah, I'm not sure top of the net. I think definitely across the keeper with power. And he did it and, you know, he scored. So I don't want to be looking for excuses to take credit away from, like, a guy who just turned 16 scoring a winner at Highmarsh. Like, we scored... An- we another him, winner. We saw him at uh, another? He did it against Newcastle. Oh, no, Ibasuki did. He equalised. Yeah, so he equalised. Yeah, with the free kick. He's, like, 15. True. And yeah. now he's, he's just turned 16, I think. And, um, yeah, bangs in that to win it out of the absolute scenes. The pandemonium. Proper limbs, actually. You get a lot of Melbourne Victory limbs in the um, the football limbs on Twitter, but this was brilliant. It was so good to see on TV. The celebration, you know, the the marauding of him from the Adelaide United players, the coaching staff, all the people that ran to the sidelines. Yeah. That was it was such a great moment, but it's funny because you reflect on it and you think, shit, we've had five of these great moments this season. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. I love this. We keep pulling them out. Um, I just... Yeah, so much joy. Um, should we talk about the women's team? Unless you've got anything else on the, the men's game. No, not really. I just, you know, we've obviously played way more games than everyone else, so it'll take some time for the table to level out and see where we actually sit amongst everyone else. But, you know, this has been a pretty good season. If this is how it goes on for the rest of it, whether or not we make finals or not, I've enjoyed it and I hope everyone else has. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. I'm still skeptical about how good we are and how or how bad we are. Still don't know. So we'll find out in the coming rounds for sure. Um, but the the women's team had a big three 0 win against our rivals, Melbourne Victory. Fiona Warts bangs in a hat trick. Um, she is killing it. Is she the golden boot leader now? I think she is this season. Um, she would be, wouldn't she? She was already tied top, wasn't she? With She's now got Couple 13 others. goals in 13 games. So. Yeah. So we'd, we'd like to think is uh, leading the way there. Just give it to her. 
and they've they locked in finals. They have now. It is the best of We've, times. It is the warts of times. They've. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to use that? Dude, since the fucking hat trick went in. They've locked in finals for the first time in the club's history for the women's team. Is it? Is it? Yeah, first time the in the club's first history. First time, yeah. dude. Um, that is just so good to see. It's uh, massive. The crowd were loving it. It's great for the club. I want to see all our teams do well wherever they are through whatever comp. Um, so yeah, big ups to the. Do we, we, are we allowed to still call them the Lady Reds? I like. No, I like it. it's a cool no. name. No, just cool, cool name. We just we need to think of another nickname. We'll workshop it. We'll come back next week with one. Oh. Um, but just what a fantastic achievement for this team, for the coaching staff, for everyone involved. You know, we've got some brilliant players: Wards, Chelsea Dorber, Emily Condon, Dylan Holmes. Like the list goes on. Like Holly McNamara. You know the the imports. Um, so so like, come on. It's a brilliant team to watch, and it's so yeah. They're just they're just playing such great football, and the amount of double headers we've had has been a really great advertisement for this team. And I saw there's a little bit of like East Coast melodrama going on about you know how there's a few future Matildas going down with injury, and you know there's all sorts of floodings going on in Queensland and Sydney, and it's postponing games, and it's kind of excluding this great story of Adelaide United at the moment, and what we're doing with both of these teams with homegrown players. With yep. their added spice of imported players, so it's just it's brilliant, and we totally deserve this. The whole organization deserves this. Yeah, definitely. I think is there just the one game to go? I believe I can't mm-hmm. see any more fixtures here, but they play they play Sydney, Sydney at Cooper Stadium this Sunday at three thirty five. Uh, I won't be able to get down because I believe we have games on Sunday of our own. But yeah, Adelaide United at home to Sydney. See them off before finals. If you can get down there and have a look, while the boys are away to Perth Sunday night, is it in Tasmania or in Perth? Oh, actually, I have to check that. No, it is. It's in Perth because Carl's been Perth. pretty uh, verbal this week about the. Uh, they had to get booster shots all the players oh, to be allowed God. to go to Perth. Um, he's pretty ropeable about it, Carl Veer. I can't remember exactly what he said. I had it here in front of me, and now it's gone. Um, Personally, but, while you try and look this up, I <clears throat> they should have just switched this game back to Adelaide. Like, I've you know we'll get a little bit off track here, but the booster shots haven't been really doing great value for people that I've seen around me. And to enforce this kind of thing where it's not a league mandated requirement, it's a single requirement to get into a single state. I've been a vocal supporter of WA and what they've done politically, but this is a little bit beyond the pale, personally. Yeah, I don't want to get into any of that stuff. I just, um, I'm just annoyed that I think uh, Carl might have mentioned as well. I can't find it here, but he mentioned about missing uh, a decent chunk of first team players this week too. So um, we'll watch and see how that goes. Hopefully, we give him a pump, and they're not going to have Sturridge because he's permanently injured or something. I don't know. <laughs> Did you see his groin pop during the week? <laughs> yeah, he's had a he's had a mare of a time. In Australia, so he probably he will never come back after this. Um, Not after this. I, I kind of feel for Perth with for the investment they put into him and with the COVID situation and their state government and just the reluctance to, you know, facilitate the glory when they would facilitate other sporting codes within their own state. It just, it yeah. hasn't worked and that's a shame. I'm not sure I feel for them, like, in regards to the storage thing. I just think that's poor recruitment. The guy's never been fit. 
That's true, but I mean, big it's gamble. more about the big, name. Big, big gamble. It would be great if you could have a sold out, you know, NIB every every week, and you can bring him off the for twenty minutes. Yeah, but yeah. He, his name is going to bring people to the game, and it's only going to further and and the profile. The government wouldn't allow people into the state to to go and play in Perth anyway. So unless you play yeah. AFLW, unless you play AFLW, then you're allowed into whatever state you like. Yeah. So we had another news story this week about the A League, and it's come to a lot of people's attention. The we, we noticed it the other week at High Marsh. Um, why is it well, like? What's with this pause in play? What are we waiting for? Turns out they're waiting for <laughs> Channel Ten to finish their ad breaks, which they have been forcing on the league by communicating somehow with the fourth official that they should insert a drinks break when the game isn't when the game wasn't even that hot. Um, forcing a drink break so they could have an ad break on TV. And now the A-League has had a word with them and said, enough's enough, don't do that. It's remarkable that we had to step in. I mean, it came because of fan reciprocation. Like, the fans were not happy. And like you said, in the stadium watching on TV, people noticed that these were forced breaks and they are not natural to the game of football. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is, it's you know, it's a good step forward, I suppose, but... It's not Paramount or Channel 10 saying they're going to totally eradicate ad breaks within the game. They're just not going to force ad breaks. No, they're just not going to force the issue. So they'll probably still get plenty of chances with... We'll probably still get enough hot weather throughout April, March. um, Maybe not April, but March, definitely, um, which may see some drinks breaks anyway. um, And they can fit an ad break in comfortably. There's a few people saying, oh, well, you know, it's... Channel 10 have the rights and they're like, no one else had it. So you kind of, you know, don't complain because they're the only ones who put their hand up to show it. I think that's a cop out. These guys, like multi million dollar companies, um, just play the game properly. Yeah, that is a cop out because there's so many ways to advertise in game. You already see Archie Thompson shilling for Uber Eats for fuck's sake in the pregame. Like, I was watching the MLS overnight and they had constantly a target symbol next to where uh, the team's scores were. And it's like, there are, there are so many different ways you can advertise within the game without stopping the natural flow of it. And for them to think that they could actually walk into a game and stop it so that they could show promotions, outstanding arrogance and something like it's really troubling that we seceded to that. And it took a really, really vociferous like response online and through club medias to change that. Yeah, from like fans of the game, like the you know the people that are paying the money to go watch, or the people that are investing in watching it on TV. Um, have you got anything else A League related? Before I've just got one more little note to talk about. Well, are we going to slam Arnie? Because that would be awesome. Yeah, we're going to slam Arnie. That's Arnie. That's what I was getting at. Um, True to form. So this. <laughs> We might be clutching at straws here to like have a swing at him here, but we've talked about our mate Christian Volpato before, the guy that's playing for Roma under Jose Mourinho. Arnie has come out this week saying he doesn't want to pressure him into choosing Australia um, when he might not want to or he might want to play for Italy or whatever. Um, I don't know if Arnie... Does he not just think he can offer caps to people? Like, as far as I'm aware, Arnie could offer a cap to him and the kid would be within his rights to say no and that would be fine. But the way Arnie's making it sound is he's not going to offer him a cap because he doesn't want to put pressure on the guy. Like, 
I don't look at our Socceroos squad and think, geez, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to have a Serie A player that's playing under Jose Mourinho. He doesn't understand his role, does he? He doesn't. The mechanics of the Socceroos coaches, hey, I'll ring you up and I'll say, do you want to play for the country? It's not, okay, I want you to DM me, express your intention, maybe let your agent know that you are interested in playing for Australia, and then maybe I'll consider calling you yeah. up. He's, he's waiting for a knock on his door from Volpato to say, oh, yeah, I am keen. Like, the care package, nuts, just, chocolates, if booze, you the think, works. If you think he's good enough, offer him the selection. Call him up, man. So, so does, is, is this saying that Arnie doesn't think he's good enough? I think that it is. It might be a roundabout way of thinking that. You cannot, How could this guy not be, be good serious. enough? How could he not be good enough? He's playing in the Serie A at 18. He can't seriously think that he's not good enough. I don't understand. Like, it's, When you look at the rest of our squad and what we're struggling with and stuff, like just, I, it blows my mind. This kid's not going to ring you and ask for a cap. Like, If you think he's good enough, give him the cap. If the kid says no, he says no. If he wants to play for Italy and he wants to chase that chase it fine but it's you know it's on arnie he doesn't even try exactly he seems like a nervous lover he's the guy that doesn't want to ask the really attractive girl to prom like where do you go from here he doesn't want to engage the guy the guy is never going to choose australia unless we show an interest in him so we're actually going to lose out you know maybe in a once in a generational talent maybe yeah we capped Alzani at, what, 18, 17? Took him to the yeah. World Cup, for fuck's sake. Where is yeah. he now? I think we're definitely losing out on him. I just... Imagine reading that <laughs> if you were Velpato. Or I get what he's trying to say about not pressuring him into He doesn't want to put that pressure on him, but, like, it's... It's your job. He's an 18-year-old. He's got to make this decision at some point. If you want to offer him a cap... Bloody, oh, just repeating myself now, but I'm yeah, no, but like to speak really cynic, to speak really cynically, Arnie's job is to manipulate the kid into choosing Australia, and if you're not gonna, if we're not gonna have a structure or a, a head coach that is gonna do that, then what worth are you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I agree with it. it's his job to manipulate it, but I think he's got to sell it. I think this is a clear case of the kid's good enough to play for Australia. And so just ask him to, because he will, you know, you say, you look, know. look, you're, you seem like a talented player. You're going to be, you have a decent role to play in this squad going forward. You're already playing Serie A under Jose or, you know, playing Europa League and whatever else. I, just ask him, man. Fuck. What is this? Will you go to the blue light with me? <laughs> Christian? He's going to call Christian's mum. Hey, hey, Mrs. Volpato, can Christian come play for the Socceroos? She speaks back to him in broken English like, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> Look yeah, at your head. That's just, uh, like I said, I might have been clutching at straws there to have a bash at Arnie for that. But, man, like, I don't understand. Yeah, What's his job if he doesn't want to do that, though? What do you, um, what do you make he, of? He must not think he's good enough. Or does Arne not think he's good enough to cap him? <laughs> maybe that's, he's no. That's what I mean. Like, like Arnie no, no, maybe think... Arnie thinks he's not a good enough coach to cap him. Oh, go to Italy. No, that's not. Definitely not it. I just, yeah, cap him. He can't or be att- anything else. Attempt to cap him. 
He's good yeah. enough. Just trust, ask him, man. Trust me, Arnie. I'm no international soccer coach, but trust me, this guy is probably better than at least one person in the Adelaide you know, uh, Australia squad right now. Like, oh, get him out. in. Watch out. What do you make of Craig Foster came out today in the wake of Bielsa sacking saying, he should be the next Australian manager. And he was very interested in the job before he took the Leeds job. And before it. we hired Arnie, you reckon do it? I'll just do it. Who cares? Go for it. I'd I rather that than I sit around watching this stink right now. Yeah, I mean, it would be way better than what we're... Be a, you know, a different kind of stink, up. probably. <laughs> we wouldn't appreciate Bielsa in this country. That would be the problem. And then You and I would. Recipro- yeah, we would, but he wouldn't reciprocate the kind of, you know. Could you Play, could you imagine could you imagine the soccer is playing man to man marking in the World Cup? <laughs> our players aren't good enough to do it. They're not good enough to do what Arnie wants them to do, right? Well, no, no, I don't know about that. They're not good enough to do what Bielsa would want them to do. But they suck under they suck under Arnie because Arnie sucks. If they got Bielsa in, they would just look even suckier, but it wouldn't be Bielsa's fault. It would be because the players can't, ability. Just can't do it. Um, unless they get Christian Volpato in. Would Bielsa cap change Volpato? Everything. He would. No, you know he would. That would be the fucking first thing he would do because he loves a young player. I was saying this to my housemate earlier. He would cull a really, like, you know, um, appreciative group, like people that were really quite friendly with one another. He'd cull half of them, be like, you're not, you're not good enough. Bring in a bunch of obscure youngsters and try and gel them together and say, this is the new Australia. This is the way forward. And then he'll play them for four years and we'll see where we go. All right. Make it happen. Someone. Volpato, Devlin, um, you know, maybe Iracunda, Torre. That'd be awesome. There you go. Nice shift football's called on it. Martelli Bielsa to coach the Socceroos. Heard it here first. Bielsa would love an earring, Kunda. I'll tell you. He would. We might wrap it there. Got anything else? We're done? Nah, that's fine. Var, fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, Go Adelaide. Get around us on the socials. We've been trying to put a bit of effort into the old uh, Instagram these days, getting some reels up, but I don't know. Give us some feedback. Get around us. Um, Or don't. Up to you. Don't Goodbye. leave it up to them. I'm That's leaving it not going to work. I'm being a nice guy. You got to be assertive, man. I'm not forcing their hand. I'm. I don't want to put the pressure on them of playing for Australia or Italy. Make them subscribe, Sam. Give them the option and make them get around us on Spotify, Apple, NightshiftFootball.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter that we never use. Hey, get around. Only us. the shit post. We'll, uh, we'll share the Ibasuki meme. Yeah, repeatedly, day after day. That'll do it. All right. Bye. Peace.